Hello everyone, here's Gabriel, your host for one more Be Yourself podcast. Today with someone from a different country, I would say. <laughs> Not so so common, so wait for a song, check it out. I'll be back later. Hello, good morning, afternoon, night, wherever you are in this beautiful world. Today I have a guest from this country which I am really curious to visit actually mm -hmm. and I love the food from there mm -hmm. Aya Scheib from Ooh. Lebanon Aya how are hello. you doing hello 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 I'm good how are you I'm awesome thank god <laughs> really good you I'm decent I'm excited I have a big thing happening soon that's good in like an hour <laughs> that's good we're talking about the the festival, the workshop of arts here. Guarimba. Cinema, Guarimba in Amantea. It's gonna start in a while. But before, Aya agreed with me in this episode. So, we're gonna just go with the flow. Cool. Cool. Uh, so, Aya, yes. I'm gonna start with a very objective question for you. You're from Lebanon. Uh, I'm just presenting her actually right now. And I'd like to know directly, what do you do for a living? And how you got to it? Um, for a living, I'm an editor, I'm a video movie editor, mostly commercial and also like independent movies. And I work, well, my, my boss lives in Canada and we do a lot of Canadian content. So I actually live in Dubai, so I do it remotely. Um, I got this job just after graduating university because I was my professor's favorite student and she hooked me up with this job because it was her sister who is now my boss. So I started working immediately when the pandemic hit and I worked for a year when I was living there in Canada after graduating and then I went back to Dubai where my family lives and I continued working and living there for like another year and now I'm here and I really love the job and I love the work but I never saw myself as an editor I would say. I'm like really into filmmaking, so I was happy to get this uh, skill, this other type of skill to do with the film industry and post-production is really important. So yeah, I was really happy all this time to build all my skills, you know. So you said you just don't, you haven't seen yourself as an editor, but what have you seen it during college? I mean, you did the college yeah. job? I mean, when I was in university, I was like, dreading graduating just because I didn't have like an, a job or a career that I really wanted to be because I don't like the idea of jobs um, in general or yeah. being forced into a cubicle for most of my life. Um, I think it's unnatural. I feel like this earth is so broad and beautiful and for me to spend my precious time which is so temporary like stocked up somewhere in a little corner Boy, under some LED this. lights and ah, no yeah. I dread that so finding something I could do remotely was amazing I have a lot of freedom um, so that's why I, I, I like the job I just feel like I have other dreams too other goals which is what I'm kind of like getting back into because I didn't want to go back to school for a while um, I was kind of tired of studying 
But now I feel like, I mean, I've always been a nerd. I love to study. <laughs> like, I love it. I'm so academic. My university degrees are all academic. Really? Yeah, I didn't study filmmaking or movie editing or anything like that. Um, but now I'm feeling like I could go back to school, you know, mm -hmm. give myself a little challenge. I mean, this program in Amantea um, is the first time in a long time where I've been put under pressure by somebody to like to like produce something yeah. and I've since then kind of gotten out of I mean it's been two years since I've had any type of uh, pressure of like any serious source like with university I mean with my job I have pressure to meet deadlines but like if I don't meet a deadline my boss is so chill so I'm not like I'm not one to stress anyways but I'm really not stressed um, but <laughs> in this 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 place I actually I'm finding that I needed it like I'm thriving off of the pressure and I and it feels good when you deliver after working hard on something so um, it's that you know hard work and reward mentality that that works and that's when I find that I actually push out some of my best content so I'm that's happy about that yeah get your best content off, out of this pressure yeah definitely cool cool but you, you have pictured like seeing yourself as something else like lately but you just said yeah. about some some cool things yeah in, in so mind. i started directing here mm -hmm. um and learning how, what it's like to be on set because i've never worked on a set before or in production um because i've always been in post so um working on set was amazing i mean the first day that i had a team working around me uh, we were filming at the procession here in Amantea there's like this uh, procession for one of the saints every year and they walk through the whole town and it's like it was really fun to have like some of the people from the group and also the people from the, t the team of that organizes Guarimba to help me and like just just I don't know, just be by my side and tell me what they think, but then tell me, but it's up to you, it's up to you, you're the director, you have to speak the shots, well, you, you know? And I'm like, wow, I'm so hype right now, I have this <laughs> I have this power trip, and I'm just like, I'm just thriving off of it, it's such a high, and it's like, action, cut, you know? And you feel like you have so much control, and everyone listens to you, because you're the one who calls the shots. So, mm -hmm. I love that feeling. Um, sometimes it's not fun when for example like it's just me shooting by myself like I don't mind it but also it's more fun with the team and then I also realize also that I don't like to that much to work on other people's projects I do like it I like it I enjoy it but when I'm stuck in under the sun for like eight hours because I don't know why they're taking so long to get one no, shot one scene and they can't do it this irks me because I'm kind of like an efficient person and if you're on one of my sets like I try to make it as fast as possible and as you know as efficient as possible but not everyone works like that so it's a it's a lot of good and bad but definitely if you're working with some uh, cool people it's gonna be it's gonna be fun it's gonna be like a I don't know, like a fun day out, you know what I mean? Like, especially if you're shooting something that you like or you're inspired by and you're proud to put your name on it. So it's like the environment, cool. the whole environment just becomes something else, right? Yeah. And over here, I decided that, well, first I came deciding that I wanted to do a documentary because that's what I like to produce. That's the type of content I like, nonfiction. 
which I did go and shoot an interview for, but I never had the chance to edit it because we don't have a lot of time here. Oh, so and you're not going to use no, the interviews I'm, that you did here? No, I'm going to edit those later, um, which is really cool because I interviewed an old artist, guy who lives in the old town here, and like it was awesome to go to his workshop, which is like this extremely cluttered space. And I just thought like a reflection of his mind, how chaotic it was. And honestly, <laughs> it is because once I started to talk to him, I discovered that his mind is very chaotic. Um, artists. Artists, definitely. He's so cute. He's like almost 80 and he just like hobbles around, you know. <laughs> no one can see what I'm doing with my hands. Yeah, right it looks now. like a velociraptor. It like looks like a, a dinosaur. Yes. I was going to say crab, but that's better. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of my friends here that I made newly, which I feel like I know forever now, um, wanted to do... She's very persuasive. Um, I feel like it's very difficult to say no to her. And I think most people don't Flora. say no to her. Yes, Flora. <laughs> most people can't say no to her because she's... I don't know what it I think is. she has an energy. She has an energy where, like, you just can't say no. Yeah. It's just There's something about her that... Authentic. And you very authentic, and you want to say yes, you know. Yeah. There's something really genuine about her as well that I love, um, and she's a bit crazy, but in a good way. In a good way. In a good sure. way. And she wanted to do a fiction piece, and I am like, when I think of fiction and it's short film with low budget, I kind of like, ooh, I don't touch this zone. I don't go near this zone because, um, I just think, usually it turns out kind of cheap looking and I don't really it's also hard I mean it takes a lot of uh, mental work to think of a story that can actually be profound in a way that has a deeper meaning or maybe mm -hmm. you're trying to portray a certain message which I like or a political message or something uh, meaningful in your work through fiction which is very difficult it takes a lot of preparation and research which we didn't have a lot of time here um, but I Came, I've been coming to this point in my life where I'm like, all right, like I need to get out of my comfort zone in a lot of places because I've been, in, I've, I'm one to kind of like stay in my comfort zone. I don't, not that I don't like to get out of it, but like I'm always averse to getting out of it. Like I always, I'm like, I'm going to go on this trip, but then I'm like, oh, but I love my comfort, my routine, my this this day, this day, this day, I know what I'm doing, you know what I mean? But like getting mm -hmm. out of your routine and going abroad somewhere by yourself is like a total, uh, it, it's going to shock, it's going to shock your, it's gonna your world, your, it's going to shake bases. your grounds, you yes. know, your foundations. Totally. Um, but I'm one to truly believe that, li okay, so cringe, but like life happens outside of your comfort zone, right? Um, but also because we're so... We have this fear of the unknown as a human complex because we don't know what to expect. So we always think that you can't, you don't, you can't think of what's coming, f like coming for you if you choose to go somewhere. So you're less likely to go uh, on that adventure, and then you're gonna miss out on so many opportunities and so many amazing people that you will meet and and places you will see and relationships you will make that will actually change your life. And once you make those those moves and you actually change and adapt, it's like you remember the time when you were worried and, and you didn't want to go explore and meet new people, you know, um, and you laugh because 
I mean, I remember before coming to Italy, like, and Portugal, which I was before Italy, I there was one night where I stayed up all night because I was kind of not freaking out, but like in my anxious head, anxious, yeah. because I I was thinking of all the logistics of my trip and thinking how. Um, how I'm gonna go from here to here to here and have to think through everything and I have to prepare because I'm traveling alone so like I, there's no room for error you know um, but there's always room for error this is very error important error is perfect you have to have error but also try to be prepared <laughs> if, some, if you get robbed you know I was like thinking how can I disperse my money in seven different locations really? <laughs> seven? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean I was going to Naples train station and I'm like I know this place is two people from Gorembo got yeah, their phones got, stolen, stolen there, there yeah. so I was always like cautious um, especially because I'm traveling with two big bags and um, my train of thought is, is leaving me but <laughs> But yeah, definitely, definitely life is better when you venture into the unknown and you're not afraid because I... Thank you. Thank you. I met a lot of people on this trip and yeah, I was anxious in the beginning. Maybe I had mixed feelings, but uh, I really, I don't regret it one bit. And I made connections that I feel like are beautiful. And I got to experience this amazing small town where everyone is so nice and you get to meet so many locals and you become familiar with faces. And I feel like that's the best kind of trip where you actually stay somewhere, mm -hmm. you know? Now I feel like I If can come back here. Yeah, and I can come back here and there will be people that I will know, you know? Yeah, and I there's know nothing more beautiful than that, than human connection. I find that right after nature, human connection is beautiful, but connection with nature for me tops it. Yeah. But I can't do with either without either or, you know, I need them both. So, yes, that's my answer to a question <laughs> I totally forgot. I feel like I just went it's off on good. a tangent. You were yourself. This is the point of this podcast. <laughs> It's glad that you taking the stage and just feeling comfortable yeah. to talk about these experiences. And actually, this adds up, you know, to someone somewhere, I don't know where, all mm -hmm. over the world, Lebanon, mm -hmm. United States, mm -hmm. Canada, I don't know. But... Actually, I wanted to talk to you about your Canada experience. Like, really briefly, I just found you really, really interesting that you did college in Canada and you uh -huh. are from Lebanon, but uh -huh. you were born actually in, in, the, yeah, in the United Arab Emirates. Yes. And so I want to know a little bit of... You don't need to explain only about your college, but of, of this whole life that, like so many places how you are somewhere mm -hmm. all the time you know how mm -hmm. you deal with this what this brings up yeah. good or bad and if you can just meet yeah. it up with when yeah. how I went to Canada so I was born in Abu Dhabi uh, and then we moved to Canada for I mean we moved to Lebanon for a year and then we moved to Canada for four years to get the citizenship which is the best thing my parents ever did for our family because if I didn't have a Canadian passport probably wouldn't be sitting here right now or it would be much more difficult for me to get here because uh, the Lebanese passport is useless. So we got the citizenship and we dipped because my dad hated the cold and I don't blame him. And I'm kind of happy that he left <laughs> because Canada can be very gloomy and very, what's the word? Not depressing, but but just... I know, yeah. Uh, sh sh not dull. sad, yeah. Kind of dull. Yeah, kind of yeah. static. Yeah, kind of 
barren and stagnant. It gets some words sometimes that I just don't. I mean, <laughs> the family right I mean, uh, winter is a long period in Canada, and summer is very short. But the summer, when it does come, is bellissima. Wow! Wow! It's Italian, isn't it? Si, Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> we went back to Dubai, right, and right. I grew up there, and I hated it. <laughs> Honestly, awesome. I was I was counting the days I could leave to go to university somewhere else. Because so you say this during your basically entire life. Yeah. We're talking about like when oh, you were I a kid. Oh, I hated. Okay, so when I was a kid, I didn't really know any better because um, I was a happy kid, like always playing, always happy with my family, getting a lot of love from my parents. Um, I had a good childhood, very good. And... Um, going to Lebanon every summer I loved Lebanon because for me it was like I remember as a kid Lebanon had so many uh, memories that I cherish really deeply because I would spend maybe three months there a year and I have cousins there I have so much family there that like honestly is like the most beautiful memories of my life happened in Lebanon and I value them way more because I didn't live there Growing up, I feel like if I did live there throughout my childhood, maybe I wouldn't think of it in the same way. I definitely will be in love with my country because Lebanese people are very patriotic for some reason with this corrupt place. But I definitely know that because I didn't live there, I cherish it way more. Um, but definitely when I was in Dubai, I was like, can't wait to leave, can't wait to leave, can't wait to leave. Uh, because it was very polished and very perfect and very vague, man-made, luxury, there was no connection to nature, and I was, I, throughout my life, I'm a person that goes through so many phases, I mean, I'm a Gemini, mm -hmm. I don't always say, like, okay, my astrology sign is, is me entirely, but this attribute of Geminis are, is really crazily, like, applicable to me, because I have gone through so many phases, like, wow, I can count them all. I've been to like French existentialist, to like nature surfer hippie, to like Buddhist, to... Really some things. Really. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I can't think of any. To filmmaker, to yogi, to crossfit fanatic, to like, <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine me? I'm, I'm tiny, but I'm lifting weights and jumping up and I don't know what. Yeah, I can't imagine you doing yoga, but definitely <laughs> Not CrossFit. CrossFit. No. Yeah, I love CrossFit. Um, working out every day, but I think I think with the phases was a part of me discovering maybe who I am and what I really like, and it's necessary in your teenage years to go through phases. Um, and when I left Dubai, I went to Canada, and I loved it. Even though in the winter it was brutal, <laughs> like brutal, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I kind of thrived there in a new environment and I felt like I was away from home, away from my family and I was thrown into this like place. My campus was in, in outside of Toronto. It was the University of Toronto, but it was outside of Toronto in a town called Mississauga and our campus wasn't even in this town center. It was in the forest it was around so you had this surrounded by forest during all your yeah your yeah college. and i loved it except unfortunately that like 
call it the university academic year is a, like surrounds winter so it wasn't very beautiful except for September September which is still summery October which yeah, is autumn it's pretty as well come on but autumn in autumn October in Canada is beautiful it's like yeah. yellow forest of just yellow and orange and red and wow 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 There's so many colors Wow, looks Maybe like you a, think like this looks like a patchwork quilt. It's beautiful. And like this can maybe brought you this little bit of sense to go into yeah. the films and search for the Oh yeah, the but I when it comes to filmmaking, that's a whole other story because I started when I was 12. Um, when I movies because oh, I used to make crazy videos with my friends and my siblings and I used to even before iMovies, I used to take the digital camera in my house. I have these videos of me like harassing my little brother and like forcing him to act in my movies. And he was so, really? he was so like quiet and like victimized. And we still have these videos. It's really funny. I would like, um, I would put a fake alphabet on, on the, the desk of drawers and like use a ruler and pretend I'm a teacher and make him sit and be like, what is this letter? And like, it would be a W and then he would say W and then I would say, no, it's not. And I would hit him. I would hit him. I would hit next to him to scare him. I'd be like, no, this is not the English alphabet. This is the Russian alphabet. And it's literally English letters. But I was like 11 and I really enjoyed it. Oh my God. And we still have funny. these videos. They're very funny. Um, but that's where my passion started, I guess. Okay. But I was kind of like not wanting to study filmmaking in university. I think a part of me was too afraid to pursue my passion okay. or my dream. I don't know why, but I guess a lot of people do this where they go into the, you know, the safety net of an academic degree yeah, rather than an arts sure, degree, you sure. know? So while I was in university, although I loved what I studied, which is culture, communication, information technology and professional writing, it's just a very political approach to media and it was all academic and a lot of reading scholarly journals essays um, it was all essays there were no exams there were a few exams but not that many and some creative courses too and I took a lot of electives like um, Greek mythology art history loved it languages love it um, anything crazy I would take I even I took like Greek and Latin and scientific terminology, which basically means that I studied the roots of Latin and Greek words and by memorizing what each root word meant, which is like three letters, like a root would be three letters and there would be connectors and enders and prefixes and suffixes and, and putting them together would make some sort of scientific word, you know, yeah. like uh, say tr trichotillomania and an exam it would give you this word that, of course, you're not going to know what this disease is. But because you studied what each root means, you have to write the definition. That's that. awesome. So let's say trichotillomania is trick is hair in, I think, Greek. Till is like oh trick. O, yeah. o is a Greek connector. Till means uh, plucking and mania is obsession. So trichotillomania is an obsession with plucking hair. It's a oh disorder. Oh my god, and like with this, every time you studied something like that, 
you probably can just like oh yeah it's all connect the dots yeah it's all first time wow. science students <laughs> well, i was awesome. the only non-scientific student there but i enjoyed it that's awesome yeah that's really cool pretty, i never pretty, thought about yeah, that pretty cool like this. pretty cool it's much easier to know what things mean <laughs> um i also took linguistics i took just a lot. I, I could have, if you had talked to me in first year university, I could recite to you probably the whole Iliad and the Odyssey Whoa, and wow, really everything because I was obsessed. obsessed. I really were into it. I memorized the shit out of that course because I loved, I loved Greek myths, I guess. And really, they didn't have much history of other cultures. It was always Greek, like, and I said Greek and Roman art and like, just art and antiquity, which is all ancient art, but I loved it. Wow. I miss studying because I told you already. I'm a nerd. <laughs> I like that. Um, but cool. my favorite courses were like social movements courses and documentary courses and podcasts. I took a podcast course. I took a blog then. course. Yeah, I would love to. Um, I don't remember anything else. Honestly, it's quite a lot. Oh, I took a lot of cinema courses too. Mm. I studied contemporary Italian cinema, and now look at me. <laughs> in Italy, in the south of Italy, doing, doing cinema. cinema. <laughs> See how life goes on. Yeah, full Pretty circle. Beautiful. Full circle moment. It's nice. Um, I have to gather up this question. I'm gonna try to mix out everything. Like, what is your point of view of religion in your country, and how? spirituality is entering it mm -hmm. at the same time i'm going to just put it that together with you and how spirituality got into your life so okay. just make the fix up like yeah okay you got it so i grew up in a muslim household um my dad is very religious i mean not very religious but he's a faithful person and he wasn't always that way. He became that way when he was in his 30s. Before that, he wasn't religious because his dad died when he was 13. His mom wasn't very religious. So, um, you know, he was out of touch, but he found the righteous path or so they say. And um, he wanted to make us, his children, also follow in this path. Like, to me, it's really beautiful when I see his faith because he, he, he does it in a beautiful way and he tries to teach us in a beautiful way. A lot of my philosophies come from his philosophy of life because he's such a, he's a really wise person and he loves to sit and, and have these discussions with me and he's very wise and he's, he has deep philosophies about things. So he always had a way of teaching me religion or speaking to me about religion in a way that is spiritually beautiful mm -hmm. you know like he and i because of that was able to overcome a lot of obstacles in my life uh, because i always had this feeling of like mm, he would tell me this thing like when you feel uh very pressured or overwhelmed by this world this worldly place like yeah, yeah. just open the windows of your heart and let the wind the air of like yeah. faith wash in and I think of that and I can breathe, you know. Um, it's beautiful. It's very beautiful. And also just to remind me, like when I feel sometimes that I'm going down this like uh, whirlpool, like I can't breathe or suffocate. I remember, you know, how trivial it all is because this life is so temporary and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die, you know. Whether or not I believe in the afterlife, I'm still going to die. 
And the thing is, I've been through some some challenges with my faith because I was religious in Islam, but I started to change my beliefs over time because I also, despite liking the way my dad would teach it to me, there were some ugly sides to his teaching too. There was ugly sides that were influenced by society. There's ugly sides to everything. And I thought I didn't like... There were some things that were like non, um, what's the word, like non, sorry, non-negotiable to me. Yeah. There were some things non-negotiable to me, like a woman's place in, in, in this belief system. And, totally. And how it's not made really, it's not designed for the woman in mind, not in my opinion. And people can argue with me about this all day. And I don't want to argue. I just know from experience how I've been made to feel my whole life in Islam and in the Middle East. And I don't believe that's really spiritual because I believe Abrahamic religions are deeply spiritual religions. They are deeply spiritual in a, and even in a new age type of way. But only if you know how to read it and really um, understand sure. what they're saying. But we're not understanding that these days. So we twist things, you know, we make them into doctrines and and we use them to rule nations and we use them to police women's bodies and we used to use them to like, I don't know, like uh, we don't practice the spiritual aspect of the religion where, for example, it says like, be kind to your neighbor and, and be kind to every living person. Yeah, and you know your religion is in the way you treat people and you treat your earth and your land and there is a connection to the land and there is a connection to the type of person that you are, your character, your temper, your anger, the way you talk about women, the way you look at women, the way you look at men, the way you do anything in your life is religion and it should be that way. But we think, and these a lot of people that are practicing religion look at religion as a set of daily rituals that you have to do like don't dress like this like pray five times a day like don't eat certain things don't drink certain things but then go out and like the way you talk the way you behave the things you say the way you treat people the way you treat people and the way you treat your environment you don't practice it in these aspects it's not it's not it's not fitting you know yeah and that's why i discovered spirituality really like Um, at a point in my life where I had just gotten into this huge argument with a girl that was kind of my friend but also an acquaintance and she uh, I was in university and we had a huge huge blow up in the middle of the building because she started yelling at me and I started yelling back and I reached point of no return where you know when you just see red you don't even see anyone around you and it's so it's so aggravating this feeling and I never, never wanted to reach this point again in my life, you know, because it's not yeah. me. It's really not me. It's an unconscious behavior. It's really unconscious. And I would spend the next few months reliving these, this fight in my head, like thinking, oh, what could I have said like better? Like kind of a trauma. Which it's you, very much a trauma. Like, what could I have said there? And then it was not even what could I have said, but like, I would actually say these things as if I was talking to the girl right in front of me and to me that was really absurd because I just I stumbled not stumbled but I had this book 
where I, I never read, but I had gotten it by accident called The Power of Now. And I, I mean, this was maybe like three years ago and I got the book four years ago and I decided to sit and read it when I was going through this. And the teachings in this book were my door to spirituality and my, my nowadays uh, belief systems because it started to, to exp- like really open my eyes to the fact that there is no past. There is no future because the future is a mind projected thing and the past only exists within your mind. And once you realize that the present moment becomes so crazy because it's only like whatever is tangible around you in that very moment becomes so incredible and, and like so astounding. Like literally look at it like a, like a leaf and be like, mm-hmm. wow, what? Oh my God. Look like, at this leaf. God damn, that's crazy because this yeah. is here right now. And this is the only thing that's real. Because if you realize the past, think about it. Like, where is the past? It's only in your head. Totally. Of course, we have clock time because we need, we still need the past to, to do certain things in the present and the future. But these things like reliving arguments that only exist in your head, what's the point? Mm-hmm. You know why? Because we keep rewiring the same neuron chains networks in our brain because it makes us feel... Uh, it, it, it reignites those feelings again and makes you feel alive. Why, do, why when you have an argument or something crazy happens, do you want to go and relive it with so much passion to your friend and be like, oh my God, can you believe what happened? Who did this to me? Whatever. Because you're, you're, yeah. you're craving the, this like uh, toxic chemicals in your brain. And once I discovered this, I was like, wow, I really was able to just let go and and move forward. And, and um, I always felt like there was a there was a secret that I didn't know mm-hmm. or I didn't understand because I would hear stories about energy and and healing with your hands or or crazy things like enlightenment and and being able to do things that you would think are not physically before physically possible as a human and I just never understood it fully I didn't I I wanted to know more you know but I spent many years not knowing what is this I would read about law of attraction and manifesting in books after books after books and they would all kind of say the same thing but never really explain why or how or what is the the actual reason behind these things yeah and then I actually by accident stumbled upon my answer and I was in the store one day it was a metaphysical store and there was this girl there and she was like looking at some books from some other guy which I had also read and I did his detox because he's a cool guy and he's a medical medium if anyone wants to know about interesting metaphysical detoxes <laughs> um, but she was exclaiming how like oh my god Anthony Williams blah 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 and she looked for anyone around her so that she could share this excitement and I was the only one there so we started talking and then she told me about this book called Becoming Supernatural and I was like okay cool but I looked at it and it was a fucking sorry it's okay it's, it, was a, it was a massive ass textbook <laughs> it was a huge huge textbook and I was like wow yeah right I'm gonna read that you know um, but she started to explain the book to me and I was actually intrigued but I didn't buy it then I bought it a few days later because I kept seeing it 
suddenly. Yeah. You know, like when those just, things happen. Yeah, the universe showing you. Do the it, universe do it, do showing it. you signs. And I learned yeah. never to ignore the universe's signs because exactly <laughs> they are important. Yeah, so, are. Um, so, yeah, I bought the book. I read it and it changed my world, flipped it upside down, turned it 180. And I never looked back because the wisdom in that book was something I will hold with me forever. And because of it, I have become such a better person. And I really, truly feel that about myself. I've become much more mature emotionally. I'm much more in control of my environment, of myself. I'm not in control of my environment because, because you know, things always happen to you. But you're in control of how you react, react and how you things. deal to, yes. with them, you know. And yeah. it wasn't just about that because he explains the science behind the metaphysical. And that's like... That's truly magnificent. Okay, that's 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 really nice. That's really nice. You just did like a monologue, which is really interesting. <laughs> no, it's all good. I mean, it's it's really interesting. Uh-huh. I, I mean it because the way you say about the books, like how the books change you. This is something that happens. When it happens, it really becomes like yeah. a good scar on your life. Yeah. You know, like it has passed in this and you can see the impact. So you talk with passion and honesty, transparency. And this is all, that, that's what is really cool. You know, like this, this truth. Yeah. And this brings also like some things like forgiveness and some things that people just don't. Right now, it's rare. Yeah. Other people don't do it. People do it. Thank God, more and more people do it. Yeah, but that's true. It's rare. So, I thank you for that. People that are gonna listen are gonna be thank you for that. And just to <laughs> to end here because there's a festival starting there yeah. and really fast. What is God for you? God is is uh, energy. God is energy, and God is love. God is the frequency of the universe, and uh, and I hear a movie starting. So that is what love is to me. Yeah, that you're totally right. So thank you guys. Thank you, Aya. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Thank it was you. really nice to having you, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Kisses in the hearts of everyone, and I see you next time. Bye. Mm-hmm.